Welcome to the AdLaw Access Podcast. I'm Rod Gamagami, an associate at Kelly Dry's Los Angeles office in our advertising and privacy practice. Today, we're going to talk about deepfakes. A couple of weeks ago, John Villafranco and I published an article on Law 360. I'll talk a little bit about that article and discuss some of the best practices we recommend. To start out, what is a deepfake? Well, a deepfake is synthetic media. It's an image, a video, or audio that's wholly computer-generated. So this is done through AI and deep machine learning. Let's say you want to create a deepfake audio. The AI would take a sample set of real audio and train off of that. So it would train and train until it sounds real, and it's constantly improving. It self-competes, actually. So it tests against other pieces of audio or image that it creates. And eventually, the the goal and the outcome is that it creates a very realistic piece of media. If you've been on social media in the past few years, you've seen examples of this. There was one where Nancy Pelosi was slurring her words. In fact, she didn't slur her words. That was doctored. There was another video of President Obama speaking ill of President Trump. That was actually created by Jordan Peele, and it was meant to raise awareness about deepfake media and that, you know, you can see something from someone you trust and it can be doctored and not real. At the outset, it's important to note that it's not all fun and games. It's, it's not just playing pranks on people and tricking people into believing uh, President Obama said something. These two examples highlight how deepfake technology might be used for misinformation and election interference. It's also important to note that the biggest chunk of deepfake media, 96%, is actually for not used for non-consensual pornography. So, of course, wrapped within that is other issues of copyright and unauthorized use of likeness of celebrities. So celebrities may be made to look like they're starring in these films. Some deepfake productions can be very real, and some are clearly manipulated. We're at a critical time in the life cycle of deepfake technology where we're seeing commercial uses, harmful uses, and some social benefits. And we have to weigh those all. We can get ahead of these issues and ensure that the problematic uses are under our control by acknowledging that this technology exists and raising awareness for people who don't know that and for helping people who may come across this media, identify it as deepfake. We have to build in best practices so that at the end of the day, uh, this doesn't become another example of how um, media can be used to manipulate people. We've seen and learned so much from fake news over the past few years. This is yet another exercise in critical thinking. Don't believe everything you see on the internet. So what are we worried about? What harms already exist and have been raised? Well, the FTC held a workshop on voice-related deepfake technology, and it was clear that there's a lot to be concerned about. There's elder fraud, scams, copyright issues, cyber stalking, um, and as I mentioned, non-consensual pornography and unauthorized use of likeness. Now, since these scams and elder fraud already exist and are so prevalent in email and telephone, 
we should be even more vigilant considering now there's synthetic media involved. Of course, on the other end of the spectrum, there are newly emerging market uses. Celebrities can license their voice or video or image, and that helps them not have to appear for every, every job. A consumer could personalize their shopping experience by virtually trying on clothes, or they could have a model customized to look more like themselves. They could change the model's lipstick, hair color, ethnicity, or race. Hulu recently did an ad where they filmed athletes through Zoom, and the ad actually showed the athletes at home cooking, which they didn't do, or folding laundry, which they didn't do. Uh, so it, they were able to use deepfake technology to remotely shoot an ad um, and put together this, this commercial. David Beckham did a malaria PSA where he was synthetically made to speak the content of the PSA in multiple languages, getting that message across to a, to a wider audience. And Veritone just announced, actually, that they have a platform called Marvel AI that lets creators generate deepfake clones of their voice to license. The tools that we've been talking about to license your, your likeness or your voice are now being put in the market. Like any new technology, legislative developments are slower than tech ones. Currently, there are some laws that have passed. California, for example, has a couple. Texas and Virginia have also passed laws. Most of these touch on election interference and pornography. The federal government has tried passing laws, but really the only ones that were successful touch on internal uses of deepfakes and election interference. There are laws that may indirectly be used for deepfake technology. For example, laws that define biometric data and regulate how that data can be used. In other areas of tech, industry has stood up and set the boundaries around what's acceptable and what's unacceptable, at least until legislation and regulation come around. So what do we need to do as, as responsible actors, um, as companies who are looking to these new market uses and seeing some commercial value in them? Well, first, I think we need to build awareness. We need to um, set up some standards of how to police the harmful uses, and we need accountability, not just from the creators, but also from the distributors of the deepfake tech or anyone who really comes across it. In order to do that, there are three main steps. First is detection. So when a piece of synthetic media is, is created and sent around, you know, we should have some sort of technology that is able to flag that it's deepfake. There are some examples of technology that's basically anti-deepfake. So the, the goal is to use that and help identify a deepfake piece of media when it's out in the wild. The second piece of this is labeling. This may be a watermark or an explicit label. Essentially, the goal is to give the consumer some kind of disclosure that what they're viewing is not real, it's synthetic. So blockchain is one method of passing along this authenticity and tracking this authenticity that, that people are talking about. 
Content restrictions are the third type of step that we could take to encourage responsible uses. So until there's an ethical or regulatory framework around you know, acceptable uses of deepfake media, companies should be really critical about how they're not only using deepfake media, but also creating it. So if you're working with that kind of synthetic media for violence or the content of what you're creating is sexual or pornographic, or even if it's political or it touches on some sort of sensitive news subject, note that your consumer may have a hard time understanding whether that content is real and it may be misleading. Going forward, there are several best practices that we, we talk about in the article that uh, John and I wrote. And, you know, first to state the obvious, I think with a lot of these issues, consent is the best way to uh, ensure against, against harm. So, you know, if you're using deepfake technology, get the consent of the person whose likeness you may be using. Second, make it clear to viewers that the media that they're consuming is synthetic and not real. Third, establish limits on the use of a subject's likeness and build in some processes for minimization, retention, deletion. We see that in data handling and uh, in a lot of contracts in privacy, but it's also important when you're dealing with someone's content, with their likeness. Fourth, watermark your synthetic media so that others can identify your content as synthetic. And fifth, limit the use of synthetic media portraying certain content, whether it's violence, pornography, or political content. If we can self-regulate, deepfake technology can be a powerful tool for companies in how they advertise and run their businesses. It is the future. We just have to control the narrative. The robots haven't taken over yet. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions about deepfake technology or any other privacy or advertising-related matters, please feel free to contact me at r-g-h-a-e-m-m-a-g-h-a-m-i at kellydry.com. For more information on this and a host of other topics, please visit our blog, Ad Law Access, and our Advertising and Privacy Law Resource Center at kellydry.com.